tell me, Rick Springfield. Jesse's girl. Uh, this is After Hours, 610 Sports Radio, the first hour in the books. We'll do uh, the out of left field question at 8 o'clock. We'll dive in more into the Chiefs playoff scenarios, Buffalo, Miami, what the uh, Sunday game means with Blaine Gabbard as starting quarterback and other incentives that might hit. But the news of the day and the big news of the day that you heard earlier on the drive, Mayor Quentin Lucas called into the drive to discuss what was the joint statement from Kansas City Royals organization and Kansas City Chiefs uh, organization. I'll let you listen if you haven't heard it today. Here was Mayor Quentin Lucas, the best of, on the drive here now and after hours. Well, you know, I think it was something that certainly I've been saying whenever I've been on your show that, look, the the team's staying makes sense. And the, the deal that has, I think, been talked about for probably going on two years now, where the Chiefs stay at the mecca that is Arrowhead Stadium, they get a chance to improve and enhance the Truman Sports Complex, they have a chance to make sure that they're investing, getting more benefits, more economic activity out there, just makes sense. And then the Kansas City Royals, with just the dynamics of baseball, you talk about the best ballparks around the country. Camden Yards, even Bush Stadium's a good one. I know a lot of people don't like the Cardinals, but nonetheless, right, having these parks in a downtown area, having the game day walk-up crowd, the opportunities, that makes sense for that team. So, you know, I always thought, even though there were those discussions of 14 different locations, let's put them in a field by the Speedway. I say that with great respect to my friends over there. Uh, this is really what I think is the right balance. And now the question goes on to Jack. Jackson County, I, I think what is fair is to say the voters deserve a chance to decide. And I think what, what you will see, there will be discussion over the days ahead of, of is this figured out, is that? The real question is, do we want to commit these teams right now? Because the point I will make with this, Buffalo had to drop $800 million for one team. Nashville, $1.5 billion for one team. Las Vegas, about a $700 million arrangement for one team. This is a commitment of $350 million per team. I know it is a lot, but if we do not have a deal like this, and you're talking about the Chiefs, whether it's in, in Kansas City, Kansas, Johnson County, Kansas City, Missouri, looking for a billion, five, two billion to build a new dome stadium, the Royals looking for something different, uh, that would not be a good deal for taxpayers. We have a good one now, and I hope people can proceed with that. Right now, we're talking to the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas. There is a joint statement today between the Chiefs and the Royals that their intention is to stay in Jackson County, but they need an extension of the 3A cent sales tax. Mayor, can you take us through what led to this statement? Because at least over the last two to three months, it doesn't feel like anybody has been on the same page. I mean, this statement makes it seem like everybody is on the same page, at least somewhat. Can you at least take us through as much as you can behind the scenes of what led for the Chiefs and the Royals to release this today? You know, I think there are a few different things. One, there have been substantial conversations. And, and I, first of all, I want to commend a lot of people who've been in the conversations. County Executive Frank White, uh, the Kansas City Royals, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Governor of Missouri, Mike Parson. I know his office has, has been part of it, and he certainly has been willing to visit with the teams. And those of us here at City Hall as well have been part of seeing if we can get somewhere. There are a lot of, you know, a lot of issues, a lot of things that happen throughout a negotiation. But, you know, the way that I've seen it as this. What is the maximum exposure to the taxpayers? There will be ongoing questions about, you know, how is it laid out, what streets closed down, what's the parking scenario and all of that. But I think if there was a critique I could have for the last several months, everybody was trying to answer all of these things that are issues further down the line rather than saying, is this something we want to do? 
right? When you get married to somebody, what you're not worrying about is, yeah, at 75, what's she going to look like? Instead, actually, what you're usually doing is saying, how do we come to some sort of, right, arrangement and love and what we have today? So that's my idea. Sorry for that analogy. But that's my idea on what we were really trying to figure out here. Right now, we're talking to the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas, joining us on the show today to talk about the joint statement between the Chiefs and the Royals. When you guys have gone through this, do you have any idea what it costs a person in Jackson County? So I live in Jackson County. You live in Jackson County. So I pay yep. on this sales tax. Do you know what me and you pay each year into this three-eighths of a cent sales tax? You know, right now, this three-eighths cent sales tax is generating, I believe, around the estimate is $50 million a year. Um, and so the estimate would be that you, of course, see increases with that over time. The teams are able to split those revenues. But, you know, th that's where it is. And then we would divide it by 720000 I can't quite do the math right now in front of you. But, you know, this is, of course, being a sales tax. It means it's not just people in Jackson County, but everybody who is shopping, who is buying things in, in, in this county, but going to help support it. So, you know, I think one of the most important elements of what they are doing here is a retention. I mean, it, it's, a, it's an extension, rather, of the sales tax. So this is not an increase for you and me. This is not adding on to anything dramatic. This is basically, you know, going back almost to what we did 15, 16 years ago and saying, you know, does it make sense for us to try to continue to have these teams? And something I know that I put in my statement is it's not just about the teams. I know people are tired of hearing about Taylor Swift or Beyonce, but those concerts brought tens of millions of dollars of economic activity to Kansas City this summer. The World Cup in 2026 is expected to bring hundreds of millions of dollars of economic activity. These are the sorts of things that you do not get without venues in your community. These are the types of jobs that are given to off-duty police officers, folks working at the stadiums, so many other issues. And so for us, I think there is incredible benefit to the people of Jackson County and the people of Kansas City and, and hopefully having the opportunity to, to vote on this in the spring. Right now, we're talking to the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas, talking about the joint statement between the Chiefs and the Royals. Mayor, now that this has come out, that the Royals and the Chiefs are on the same page and that they want this in April, what would potentially stop this from being on the ballot in April now that you have the support from the two professional teams? You know, I think there's still a question as to what the Jackson County legislature elects to do. I think that they have a very clear choice, which is let the people decide. And that's what I would suggest in connection with it. Let the people decide if this is the type of arrangement they want. And importantly, what we just talked about, this is not as hard as when you and I were growing up and people were saying, well, do we want to increase taxes for a speculative arena downtown, which I remind you the people of Kansas City supported, has brought us the Big 12 tournament back in all types of economic activity. But this isn't even that. This is simply saying, do you want to keep the teams? Do you want to renew the sales tax that we have today? I know there are going to be a lot of people, and when I'm interviewed probably on other radio stations, who are going to say, you know, what about every problem under the sun in our community? And don't get me wrong. I'm, so I'm proud as mayor. We've increased funding to homelessness, affordable housing, violent crime prevention, so many other things. But I think what's important for us is to be a successful city and a successful region. We have to do things. We have to be growing. We have to have big amenities and big events. And that's what this is about today. And I hope that's what the Jackson County Legislature decides to do in a few days. And I hope that's certainly what the voters approve in April. So looking through this, I I'm curious if you see it this way. I see a no vote as from a, a person in Jackson County. If you vote no on this, you were saying that you are, that you are okay with them moving to Clay County 
or Wyandotte County. I'm just curious if, if you view it the same way, that if you are a person that lives in Jackson County and you vote no on this, that, that is what you were saying with your vote. I think unambiguously that is exactly what you are saying. Now, I get, I get the take. There are, there are those who say, you know, why do we have to foot the bill? Why are we dealing with this, that, and the other? What I know is this. What I know is the police officers that I've talked to in recent days who say, man, I've been working at Arrowhead Stadium for 20 years. This helps me support my family. What I know are the people who are there each and every day, the people who are in Kansas City, who are in Jackson County, many of whom right, can actually get to the stadium. And I think that that is something that to me is a positive. And yes, I think if you are saying no, um, you're, you're a good person still, but what you're saying is, yeah, I ain't worried about you know them in Kansas City, Jackson County. I'm, I'm fine with them moving and leaving. And you know there are a few things that are concerns with that, not just them leaving and losing the economic activity, but what do you do with the big, gigantic, empty stadiums? What do you do with the Truman Sports Complex? Do we build up another eyesore that sits there for a generation? Because we will have no plans for it if they were both to leave. Do we right just kind of abandon hosting big-time things? Do we start to lose the economic activity. And, and again, I love every part of this region, but something that pains me greatly. I end up at sporting Kansas City games. I know you do too, right? And, and you have a good deal of economic activity around those games, after those games. And those are things that are not being captured for revenue in Kansas City, Missouri, or in Jackson County. And frankly, I think they've been a game changer for the Wyandotte County that all of us grew up knowing and compared to what we know today. And so I think this is a very big deal for the Truman Sports Complex. It's an investment in central Jackson County. So those and Independence and Raytown know that they continue to be, I think, adjacent to this important facility, allows for greater development for them, and certainly it's a big day for downtown Kansas City. Right now, we're talking to the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quentin Lucas, here for a couple of more minutes, just getting his thought on this joint statement between the Chiefs and the Royals. Mayor, I'm curious, what kind of pressure do you think is on Frank White? I feel like he has been made to be the bad guy in all of this, the villain in all of this. I mean, just just from the outside looking in, things don't seem too hot for Frank White right now. So, I mean, I, I'm just going to go out there and say, so, I mean, so now that the Royals are on this page and the Chiefs are on this page, if this doesn't happen, the person who is going to shoulder a lot of the blame for why this doesn't happen is going to be him. You know, I've, I've had good conversations with County Executive White. I think it is uh, helpful. Frankly, he has gotten some amazing concessions for the taxpayers. You see that in the Royals and Chiefs letter, about 180 to $200 million of money that will go back into the coffers of Jackson County that they can apply to any number of things to help address whatever issues occur in the county. Uh, I think, though, that the County Executive has is, is blessed right now with a clear decision, which is, as I said before, let the people decide. I think that's the easiest thing that we have here. Let the people decide if this is the sort of thing we want to continue to invest in. And what I would say is this, and actually the last time we voted on this, both teams were not great, right? I mean, I think it was early, it was the mid-2000s. The Royals had been in the doldrums for some time. The Chiefs were coming out of a bumpy period. But think about what happened in the 20 years after. The Super Bowls, the Super Bowl parades, the World Cup, right, that's coming up, the concerts, the activities, the World Series, 2014 and 2015, who all of us remember as some of the most exciting days that we've experienced here in Kansas City. And frankly, right, we saw every bar filled up. We saw all of this surrounding economic activity. That, to me, is why you make this type of investment. It isn't just about eight games a year. It's about a brand for a city. It's about the money that people in your city can make. And more than anything, it's about this city that continues to grow. That was Mayor Quentin Lucas, who joined the drive earlier today with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio. A lot of people filling in on the text line saying that Frank White 
should be the richer of the week. Or apparently there's this guy that did the polar plunge in a Bass Pro aquarium. But ass naked. No one needed to see that in their entire life. Nah, nah, man. I don't need to know that. I guess he had erratic behavior. I mean, butt naked. Butt naked would have probably let me know enough about erratic behavior. Some columns not needed to be said. But Sam Howell of or Sam McDowell of the uh, Kansas City Star kind of goes out on this and says, in departures from existing lease, the teams say they have offered to pay for the stadium's insurance and redirect the park tax to the county. An important county legislature meeting looms Monday when the teams will attempt to secure a spot on the April ballot. Anxious days ahead. Very. Um, you know, a lot of people are on the boat of saying this should have been said from the jump. This should have been one thing that we had. And as you hear Carrington say to Mayor Lucas, you know, Frank White seems like the bad guy. And there are things that have been said. There have been things that he has done. I don't know if there are sour grapes. I don't know if it is, you know, the abuse of power. I don't know any of those things. I just know that there is a lot of finger pointing and a lot of aim aimed at Frank White. And Alex Gold tweeted earlier today after the joint statements by the Chiefs Royals and now has it ever never been clearer that the ball is in Frank White's court. If this stadium ballot measure doesn't make the April ballot in Jackson County to let the people decide he is 100% to blame, I don't disagree. I do not disagree. Put it on the ballot, leave it up to the people, and you'll find out the truth because that's what you need. That's what you have the voting power to do is to have a decision to be made. Um, Text line comes in, says, Dusty, what is your take on the Royals Stadium? Does this mean Clay County is out of the stadium game? It seems the Royals are using the Chiefs as a crutch to get the votes. It seems Clay County got used. What do you think? I don't know, man, because I really, I saw a package last night on the news where they wanted to use the Kansas City Star Building as like the, almost like the Paradise Park where there's like an indoor golf facility and there's other things that are involved within their bars and, you know, venues and put hotels around it. And then down the street is the stadium. Look, if I could be honest with you, just give me a resolution. Get everybody on the same page. Stop having a point of where this person doesn't want this or this person has this opinion or this person who has the, you know, Jackson County, you know, whatever it may be. At some point, something has to get figured out because I could be on the same page as a lot of you that I never thought it would get this far. I didn't think the NFL season would have concluded before we'd actually even get close to a vote. I guess I don't know a lot about how things work when it comes to teams and stadiums. But again, that was Mayor Lucas on the stadium today. I just wanted you to hear that because of the news that broke today from the drive. Coming back on the other side, we get into some more football stuff. The juice of the weekend on tap for week 18, plus a big what if and other things that involve this Miami and Buffalo game. Dusty Likens, that's JT, not James. You're listening After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back here on After Hours, Dusty Likens with you, JT Noah with you as well. 610 Sports Radio, thank you for listening on this snowy, cool, brisk Friday night. Nothing better to do than to just uh, stay inside, turn on your uh, Odyssey app, and just let uh, let this voice take you away. Um, we'll be here until 9 o'clock. We'll then be back on Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, until noon. It'll be three full hours of after hours as fantasy football is over. Um, I'm sure some of you are in leagues that are ridiculous that still have a week to go. I don't know. That 
should get your commissioner fired. Just saying. Like, probably ought to get out of here. Get out of town. Yeah, it's my first time being the commissioner. Uh-huh. Made that mistake. It's like, yikes. I'm, oh, you have games that are going on this yeah, week? Uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Dude, why? Mahomes is even starting. God, I was like, well, luckily, luckily I looked at the championship game, and most of the players on their team are playing. They have mm-hmm. a right to play. So yeah, I was like, why are we playing? And they're like, you know, you were the commissioner. I was like, mm. yeah, I was. Nice mm. move. Yeah. Everyone hates you. You're like the head of HOA. Yeah, it was my first time being commissioner because and your last. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of my friends backed out last second, so I was like, uh, I still want a fantasy league. So I got a, yeah. a bunch of other friends and like, well, you want to be the commissioner? I was like, I'll try. Yeah, yeah. It's gone. It's gone terrible. Yeah, yeah. A lot of NBA action tonight. That's what I'll be doing after I get out of here. It'll be uh, a nice little fadeaway into the evening on a Friday night after a long week. Not really a long week. I say that, but Monday, obviously, nobody works. But uh, yeah, gonna have a little suds and just kind of drift off into the evening tonight that not that any of you you people care um red wine i don't know yet man i don't know i'm gonna stop by the store on the way home and i'm gonna be in a in a fickle mind uh of what i'm gonna do because it seems like it would be a nice red wine night nice and cool throw on the road hit the uh lakers game lakers in memphis and uh yeah watch uh lebron james versus john morant in la did you watch uh, Wimby versus Giannis last night? I did. We were doing the show. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but I saw the self-alley-oop to uh, Wimby Yama did for himself. Yeah. And then I saw, when I woke up this morning, the result of the Denver Nuggets and Golden State game. Yeah, that That's was insane. Brutal. That, uh, I turned it off. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Golden State's up, won. They were up, like, 16 with six minutes left 18. or something? 18 with yeah. 6.53 or 43 left. And then the Joker hits one from, like, 70 feet off the backboard, calls bank, and then puts him to sleep, does the Steph Curry celebration. Ah, man, NBA's fun. We're actually starting to gear up for NBA season. Like, NFL, I think, is one of those seasons that it's preseason game number one. You're all in. College basketball, you don't really get excited for college basketball until about right now, right? Until really the division, the conferences start playing against each other. I know KU plays TCU. K-State plays uh, Saturday as well as Tuesday night, so there's no after hours. And moving forward, there probably won't be a lot on Tuesdays because that's a big K-State basketball night, which you can hear here on 610 Sports Radio. But it seems like every other sport outside of the NFL, it's it's kind of it's it's kind of gradually you get into because like you don't have college football this weekend. I mean, you probably have like the the All Star Under Armour, whatever those games are. I think they already had one of them. Um, NFL, eh, right? Like, eh. uh, and then. NBA, there's like 15 games on tonight. Like you can't, you can't miss one. I get it. You don't want to hear about the NBA, but I will be uh, locked in for that Memphis LA game. As this is, uh, this is the rematch of Shannon Sharp and uh, John Morant's dad. As you remember last year, oh yeah, yeah, you remember last year, Unk was on the sideline with that, uh, that that blue uh, cardigan. And uh, John Morant's dad came over and tried to fight Shannon Sharp. That was, that was just, wild. Uh, John Morant's a character. Um, playoff scenarios for who the Chiefs would play in wildcard weekend. Bills win. They get Miami. Miami, uh, Titans and Ravens win. They'll get the Bills. Miami, Jags, Texans win. They get the Texans. Miami, Jags, Colts. They'd play the Colts. Miami, Titans, Steelers. They'd play Pittsburgh. Wild weekend. All revolved around one major game, which is Buffalo, Miami. If the Bills beat Miami... The Chiefs will play Miami. 
But if Miami wins and other teams win as well, right, Titans, Ravens, they get the Bills. The Bills are in. That's the only way the Bills survive is if they lose to Miami, the Titans, and the Ravens have to win, which to me is wild. And we talk about why the NFL is always being zoned in. It's the most entertaining sport in the United States. I don't think we can disagree with that. According to numbers, and they had the graphic out earlier today that we can go over later on in the show about the most viewed, televised things in the top 100. And, like, the NFL had, obviously, the majority, and I think the Chiefs were on there, like, 20 times. But it's crazy how this entire season played out And then now you get down to one game. Not only do you get down to one game, you get down to a conference game. Not only do you get down to a conference game, it affects an entire conference of the AFC. Like, you think about that. If the Bills win, Miami's playing Kansas City, uh, Buffalo's the number two seed, all those other teams we mentioned, Jags, Colts, Texans, uh, and Pittsburgh, done. That's if the Bills take care of work. If Miami wins, the only way the Bills get in is if the Titans and Ravens lose. The Ravens are benching every single player. You mean win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Titans and Ravens win. The Bills get in. The Ravens are benching every single player. They don't care, right? Now, you'll have divisional bragging rights in that game. Titans win. Who knows? Mike Frabel's a red ass. He's going to have everybody playing, ready to go as much as possible, wants to keep it going in the Tennessee landscape of things. But again, you could possibly see a team go from potentially being a two seed, the second highest seed in a conference, or losing. What seems more likely? Buffalo getting all the way, coming all the way out of a six-foot pit, finding life, being buried alive early in the season, and getting the two seed, or Buffalo doing this and missing out on the playoffs. Because I think, because we have a topic later on tonight in about 20 minutes of what we call Black Monday. But you're aware of that. That's where coaches wake up in the morning. That's like, hey, congratulations. Your key fob no longer works at the facility. There's a chance that both coaches in this game, one's not getting fired, but another one might. McDermott, I think you could think about it because it's been an ugly season. And you finally got things going right-ish, right? You're starting to look like the team that people are starting to fear again, that people have maybe kind of sub-feared outside of the Chiefs and the Bengals the last couple of years. But if you lose, you miss the playoffs. Unless a miracle happens and the Titans and the Ravens win. Then you're in. But also you have to think of the repercussions that come from Miami, right? Last year, Mike McDaniel goes to the playoffs. It's a disaster. They can't get plays off. I think they had like five delay of games. At one point, he was seen hitting a jewel, I believe, allegedly. And then you lead into this year where you have on par with one of the most historically best offenses we've ever seen. You lead your division for a majority of the season, and then you possibly get booted in the first round of the playoffs in back-to-back years. And in this year, somewhat, you had a healthier team than last year. You'll have your quarterback, at least you'd think, in this game. But then again, you'd have to think after two years of getting to the playoffs and had some questionable coaching things, decisions, why Xavier Howard and Bradley Chubb were in that game when you were getting absolutely blown out against Baltimore, beyond me. That's a coaching decision. 
plus the attitude that you carry. I love it. I think it's fantastic how Mike McDaniel carries himself and how he presents himself. I think he's owned that. But that also puts you in a spotlight that maybe this shtick or this gimmick isn't working. And a very pivotal game when it comes to Buffalo versus Miami. And honestly, I cannot wait until this game at Sunday at 7 o'clock. It just has so much juice. Because everything in the NFL is built on take advantage. And Baltimore is the only team in San Francisco are really the only teams, two out of the 32, that really understood the message. Take care of yourself. You don't have to worry about everything else at the end of the season because of stuff like this. And the NFC is wild, too. There's a lot of things going on in the NFC as well, but it just doesn't affect the home base like it does. We'll talk more about both divisions on Sunday, but this is just wild to me. And I think another reason of another layer of the onion that you can peel back as to why people will ask that maybe aren't diehard football people like a Jay Binkley or a JT that are like, why is football so addicting? Why do people, because you have week 18 in this sort of chaos. There is good chaos. There is bad chaos. This is fantastic chaos. Oh, it's, it's, it's admiring. And my parents are going crazy. Like what is happening? I'm like, it's, it's insane because you think about it, right? Bills, like you said, go from two seed to not in. But think about it. They would they would be out, and the Steelers could be in. The Steelers could be in with Mason Rudolph. You could have the Colts in with Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. But Josh Allen's going to miss the playoffs. That's right. That That's insane. And you're talking about Mc, uh, McDermott not getting uh, a coaching. He might get fired at the end of the year if they don't make it, which is valid. But, like, do we, do we think, say... If he makes it, he's he's fine, obviously. Mm-hmm. Dolphins mit, go down to the seven. Mm-hmm. Well, they would go down to the six, I should say. Yeah. They play us. They lose. I don't think you can fire McDaniels just because he didn't have a quarterback last year yeah. on the road. Yeah. I don't think it's fire, but I think they have a little bit of a serious conversation in the offseason. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't have Tyree Kill that much longer. Right. At least according to contract, what, one year with a th- with another option? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he acclaimed that he is done after this contract's over. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but again, you're going to have to pay Tua. Yep. Jalen Waddle's going to be a free agent. Jalen Ramsey's money's going to take over the cap eventually. And you're going to run into that window that everybody looks at and it's like, we got to win. We got to win now. Right. And the seat, I think, just gets hot for Mike McDaniel. With Sean McDermott, though, they lose this game and miss the playoffs. There's a name that might come up on the Black Monday list. Yeah, there definitely could be. But my biggest question about this whole thing is that if Miami wins, obviously they lock the the, the two seat up. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that even though Buffalo may not play us if they lose, there's a chance they would have to play Miami again back mm-hmm. in Miami. Yeah. And if that happens, then who do you want to win? I, I think you want Miami again in yeah. back-to-back weeks. I just think with this defense, you want a team that you know that – doesn't really know as much to expect from you. I know that sounds pretty obvious, but Buffalo knows you and they know the defense. They know how to adapt to it. They showed us all who watched that game earlier this season when they played in Arrowhead that, you know what? We can force turnovers. We have a good defense too. I know Miami's defense is better than it was when they played in Germany. And I know that they have a bit of respectful players, but with Xavier Howard hurt and, or is it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Xavier Howard and, uh, and Bradley Chubb. Like, those are big names, man, and those are two guys that should be playing. Either way, 
Coming up on the other side, we do it every Friday night. We do a look back of the audio of the week and react to what they were said when it comes to Ron Cobb Jr., Mina Kimes, Peter King, Andy Reid, all of that. On the other side, listen after hours of 610 Sports Radio. If you like Pina Coladas and getting caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain, I always tell myself I should get like into yoga. I do quite a bit of stretching in the morning. I'll do walks. Not every morning. Uh, when it's like wind chill of like 24 degrees, I'll hard pass. Uh, so this week's kind of been brutal. Um, we still, we've mixed in enough, I think, to where we're okay. Three out of five days this week is okay. But uh, yeah, I definitely should probably think about yoga. I've always thought about it. Yoga, yeah. yeah. I've always thought it was weird, but every time I see someone do it, I'm like, okay. What's and, weird about it? Like the positions? Yeah, I just don't think I can make those positions. Like I would be afraid if I were to do a class. Okay, yeah, that that's what I'm saying, would, yeah. Maybe I would break wind. Okay. Because I would hate to be that guy. Also, I hate being barefooted, so. I'm also afraid that my eyes would wander too much. That would be you, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not, not, not trying to call you out, but yeah, that's yeah, you. Yeah. It's fair. I own that. Okay. I'm cool with that. I I'll, saw, I'll humanize myself anytime I can. I, I was watching a show, and I don't know if it's like real or not, because I don't know if the show is making it up, but this guy was like, yeah, I just came from yoga with goats, and the mm-hmm. goats climb on my back. I'm yeah, like, goat okay. yoga. I'm like, I want to figure out where goat yoga is, and mm-hmm. I'll go do some goat yoga. As long as they don't like pee or poo on you. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I especially also think that it'd be good for, like, a couple's thing. Let's go try the squatting dog. Plus, there's nothing better than, like, yoga clothes. I mean, somebody had to work out in, like, joggers and nice-fitted nice shirts on a mat, and everybody else is doing the same thing I'm doing, even though if we do look ridiculous. Give me some yoga, man. Give me some stretching. Nobody wants to blow sciatica nerves. I've done it. It sucks. It's not fun. Uh, this is Audio of the Week. Peter Schrager had this to say about the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are pretty much locked in to that three seed, meaning they're going to either face the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills most likely in the opener, and everyone's already focusing on that. But if we're talking AFC Championship, the one seed playing the three seed, that means that if the Chiefs get past either the Bills or the Dolphins, whoever they play, they'll be rolling with a little bit of momentum. I mean, they'd want a playoff game, another playoff game, and then they're going to be coming into Baltimore. And the Chiefs, if they had won two straight playoff games going into Baltimore, you tell me now, if you're looking at Mahomes in an AFC Championship game, winners of two straight games versus the Ravens who beat up on the Browns or somebody else, who are you taking? I think the Chiefs are still an interesting pick, despite how they've played all season. Shout out, by the way, Kansas City. Shout out to Ken in the production room. If you saw a guy wearing a George Brett Royals jersey, we're right. seeing Kansas City all over the place. Mm. You're going to stay with the horse you rode in on, Casey. Dude, that's Yay. my squad. I understand. You know, uh, yeah, we don't care, Kyle Brandt. Um, Peter Schrager always kind of been this Chiefs bandwagon guy, but again, national media. I know Peter Schrager's kind of always in the Chiefs' corner, but he's smart for doing so because... Of the fact that it has been a safe bet the last five years, which again goes to everything he says in that audio clip that it is, hey, Mahomes, they look like they've maybe figured it out in this past week. It might have been a mess all season. Maybe they figured it out. Maybe they figured it out at the right time. How many times do you see a team all year go undercover because things were different? Remember when UConn won the national title and then all of a sudden they won like 18 in a row? 
swept through their tournament, swept through the March Madness tournament, were blowing teams out by 20, 25 points a game. And everybody was like, well, maybe this is the team. Live the life. Mina Kimes. I think the Kansas City Chiefs will still play in the AFC Championship. I know that. How? Oh, it's good, right? <laughs> I look so bad in this video. I can't believe I'm letting well, you guys good. do this. It looks good. Explain with 20 seconds left. <laughs> Uh, I think outside of the Baltimore Ravens, when you look around the division, I think, or the, the conference rather, I think all the AFC teams are pretty flawed. Talked about Miami's defense. We'll see what happens with Buffalo. The Jags are a mess, but they'll probably win. The Browns are scary, but I think that they'll get knocked out by the Ravens, depending on how that thing shakes out. So uh, when you look around and you're like, okay, well, one team has Patrick Mahomes. I know that the quarterback or the offense has been a mess, but the defense still looks pretty damn good. <laughs> Again, national media, people that watch football, that report on football daily, weekly, season-long, NFL Live, Dan Levitard show. I'm not trying to say, like last night somebody said I had him so confident they could go bet $1,000 on the Chiefs to win it all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying before we get into the big picture, remember what is the past and the resume. You look at Cleveland, who I think is a fun story. I think the Joe Flacco thing is an interesting story. But at some point, the clock strikes midnight, and you play a team that has a very good defense. I get it. They played the Jets, and he put up 300 yards in the first half. That Jets team did not care. That Jets team had checked out. And I'm not saying that players just quit. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that their demeanor and their aggression and their attention to detail during a game is probably not as on point as maybe it would have been three to four weeks ago when they were still alive and not mathematically eliminated. They play a a Browns team that takes advantage of that. They get up early, and then it's like, well, it doesn't matter now. Joe Flacco, playoffs, he's got the most experience outside of Patrick Mahomes when it comes to quarterbacks. But you look at the other teams, Indianapolis possibly, Houston, rookie quarterback. How healthy is Jacksonville? How healthy is Miami? Can Buffalo go into Kansas City if they have to? which they wouldn't if they were a 2C, but can they beat Kansas City in the playoffs? They do a damn good job during the regular season, but can they do it in the playoffs? And in the playoffs, can the Chiefs continue to keep the blueprint that was against Cincinnati? Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey. I say it in those, that order because we had Ron Cobb Jr., the lead film analyst of Arrowhead Pride on Wednesday night, asked him, three most important players in this Chiefs offense outside of Patrick Mahomes to keep this rolling into the playoffs. Oh, I think Kelsey's third on that. Okay. Um, and, and I'll give you Pacheco one. I never thought I'd be here telling, telling us the Chiefs offense, you know, need, you know, the most important feature of that, of the offense is the running back position, um, obviously outside of Patrick Mahomes. But with this, the team, how it's operating right now, I think it really is true because I think this run game is going to be super important um, to setting up the pass because you do have defenses, you know, not, not necessarily uh, trusting or, you know, not necessarily you know, defending the Chiefs downfield passing right now. Um, but, you know, if, if, if they are able to, you know, hit, hit those a few more times, that gets Pacheco going even more. But if Pacheco's established, man, that's going to open up things for Rice. So I really think those two are the guys. And Kelsey just, you know, he can continue to, to be what he has been with, you know, in a few of these last games, you're seeing defenses take him away and the other guys feeding off him. And shoot, you know, if, if guys like Pacheco and Rice are going to have 150 yards total, right, in, in these last games, I mean, that's going to, you know, that's going to work out. So I'd definitely say Pacheco and Rice are the guys we need to focus on, continue to get the ball to, 
and and everyone else can kind of fall into their different roles. It's not your past Chiefs offense. It's a different looked offense. If simplicity is the blueprint, and these are the people that make that work. That's where you feed the ball. And again, Andy Reid, you know, he said what he thinks is is right. He trusted his his moving forward, the way that he designs the offense, the way that he gets these guys ready week in and week out to get excited for the challenge. He'll be able to do that. The thing is, will he lean on Pacheco? Will he do what everyone thinks to seem is working? And should the Chiefs really do that? Peter King joined the drive and said they should lean on Isaiah Pacheco. And as crazy as this sounds, I wrote this in my column the other day. I I don't know that I've written crazier words this year, but Kansas City might be getting to the point where the offense needs to run through Isaiah Pacheco rather than Patrick Mahomes. And I don't mean that Mahomes only throws the ball 11 times a game. I mean that you try to get Pacheco the ball 28 times a game because right now he's the most dangerous offensive weapon, at least in recent weeks when he's been healthy. Um, He's the most dangerous of anybody. So I would want those guys to be happy and to get their numbers and all that, but I would not do it if, like if, if, if one of those guys is really nursing something right now, I would say, Hey, listen, you know, we'll, we'll get you your yards, but not this Sunday. So again, Isaiah Pacheco, not playing Rasheed Rice, not playing Pat or Travis Kelsey still in the air. This was Peter King to wrap up the audio from the week of why he wouldn't lean on Isaiah Pacheco. But Isaiah Pacheco has not had a game this year where he's carried the ball more than 20 times. And in recent weeks, you know, after he was inactive, what, for two games, I think, in recent weeks, he's only run it, uh, I think, a total of 29 times. So we can sit here and say, okay, it's the postseason, get ready. Andy is going to start really feeding Pacheco. Well, maybe he will. But maybe Andy is thinking, I can only give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco X amount of times. Otherwise, I am risking running out the battery on this guy. And even though he hasn't had that many carries this year, certainly wouldn't have had as many this year as he had in a workhorse year like at Rutgers, I think Andy Reid wants to make sure that Isaiah Pacheco for the postseason is built to last. So that's just my guess. If we don't see Isaiah Pacheco running it 23 times in the first preseason game, my guess is it's not because Andy Reid doesn't want to run him 23 times. It's that he fears running 23, fears running him 23 times. So there is Peter King who joins the drive every Tuesday at four o'clock on 610 Sports Radio with Carrington and Rob Brinton. That to me is the pick. You just blister and bruise and own time of possession. And then when people start stacking the box, you let them get beat by Rasheed Rice. You throw the end around or the jet sweep with Nicole Hardman with a surprise play, or you give them something that they haven't seen that you can take out of the more extended play look playbook, but keep it simplistic and own the time of possession. Because the one thing that was hurting the chiefs all season with the turnovers they were using to hurt them in the games was the fact that they were losing time of possession and teams weren't necessarily afraid to kick a field goal. Cause how many times you in the past, you can't kick field goals to beat Patrick Mahomes. Well, in weeks one through 17 this year, you could. Or I guess weeks one through 16, you could definitely kick field goals and beat Patrick Mahomes because the offense was turning things over because they weren't really trusting what was their identity. It turns out what we've seen is that maybe their identity is run the ball, 
develop things, trust your defense, and own the time of possession. Because that first half of the Bengals game, the Chiefs had the ball for eight minutes and ten seconds for an entire first half. An entire first half. 21 to 8 was the differential in time. That's not good. That's really not. And if your defense is only allowing field goals and your offense isn't turning the ball over, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on the offensive side in the playoffs when the clock gets a little bit faster, you can kind of trust that maybe you'll have a little bit more, I don't know, belief or a little bit more juice on the side to think that Kansas City can do something in the playoffs. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I mean, I, I would go 100% with you. I, it's kind of funny. Because we talk about how the Royals, Royals, how the Chiefs have had success in the playoffs. It also has to deal with the luck of the draw, the teams they face, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a scenario right now. We talk about how the Ravens could be at a disadvantage because of how much rest they're about to get because they're not starting their starters this week and they have a bye in the first round. Say Cleveland, which I think will, beats the AFC South division, the winner of that, mm-hmm. okay? That means then the Browns are headed most likely to Baltimore. Yeah. They've already beat Baltimore once. Yeah. And that was with Lamar being healthy, and Lamar is obviously going to be healthy, but they're going to be a little bit rusty, I believe. Yeah. The Chiefs would then probably have to face, you would think, go to Miami Mm -hmm. if that happens, Mm -hmm. or go to Buffalo. Right. But say, what if one of those slip up, and then you have the Chiefs at home in the divisional round? Like, I mean, the Chiefs have always got the luck, and – I'm not saying they will, but right. they could always get another lucky draw and say, uh-oh, the two-seed slips, and guess what? They're hosting another divisional round, and then somehow, what would you say about, would you be shocked if the Browns went into Baltimore in the divisional round and beat Lamar? I wouldn't be shocked because we've seen one-seeds drop before, right? Like, we've seen Tennessee do it, and then Kansas City got the ride to the AFC Championship game. Um, and guess who Tennessee beat? Baltimore. Baltimore. And guess yeah. what? T- Baltimore had two weeks of rest. So I'm just, I can't believe, like, I get they're doing it because it's what it is, but mm. I just don't like the two weeks of resting because the Chiefs had the same problem when they played Houston. Would you be more shocked if the Chiefs lost in the first round or if the Chiefs hosted the AFC Championship game for a sixth straight year? My honest mm. opinion would be I would be more shocked they're hosting the AFC Championship. Okay. Fair enough. Fair because I, it's just hit or miss right now with this right. team. It's like, uh. Not enough proof on the plate to let me endure in the meal that is consistency. Yeah, yet. right. Uh, that is JT Noah, LeBron James warming up with the Bone Thugs and Harmony t-shirt. I feel that's good vibes for my parlay tonight for the Lakers game that starts at 9-ish. So it'll be on when I get home. We're still debating. Red wine, Miller High Life. Red wine, Miller High Life. I don't know which one I'm going to choose yet. We'll figure it out when we get to the store. Coming up on the other side, Black Monday. What coaches... May not be there. There's a long list, and all of them have reason. Plus, there could be some that sneak up out of nowhere because of, well, just losing. It's JT No, I'm Dusty Likens, the 610 Sports Radio. Listen after hours. Everybody was coming for. Final segment of the 7 o'clock hour. I don't know if I say this a lot. Probably do. You can probably roll your eyes and be like, mm hmm. How fast has this gone? Insanely fast. Am I the only one? Like, it's already 8 o'clock. Like, I have two minutes to do this segment. Yeah, it's, a, it's I, pretty fast. Before I do, I just saw an amazing idea for a pizza. So there's this place in downtown Lee Summit. Shocker, Dusty's talking about downtown Lee Summit. But it's uh, called Main Slice. They do a lot of uh, creative pizzas. They have this one this week. It's called the Chicken Queso Blanco. You ready? Sounds fabulous. You ready to, you ready to not be able to stand up because of certain things showing? Uh, made with queso base. Mozzarella enchilada chicken, 
green peppers, red onion, diced tomatoes, shredded cheddar, cheddar jack cheese, cilantro, and jalapenos. Yeah, I'll take a slice. Rest of your life, you can have pizza or tacos. Where do you lean? Tacos. Mm. Yeah. Like the authentic street tacos? For sure. Yeah, where it's just like carne asada, diced onions, cilantro, and a lime. (laughs) Yeah, dude. That's all I need. Uh, Black Monday is looming, right? Today is Friday. It's no secret. We have Saturday, Sunday. We have two more days. Two more days of guys that can consider themselves head coaches. Among the names of possible head coaching departures, I don't think they will all get fired. In fact, I think one of the names on here is kind of absurd. Two, actually, if you ask me. Uh, But commander's coach Ron Rivera, yay or nay? I think we know that's in the making. We know that he's probably done in Washington. It's kind of been the right on the wall for the last four or five weeks. Arthur Smith of the Falcons needs to be fired. My nickname for him all year was Old Boy because he just doesn't know how to work that offense. He doesn't know what he's doing. All they need is a quarterback. Sign me up for Kirk Cousins going to Atlanta next year. And then he has Drake London. He has Bajon Robinson, Kyle Pitts. They could do something with Allegria. I don't know, but they don't need to have Arthur Smith as their head coach. Kevin O'Connell, that's kind of unfair. I don't think Kevin O'Connell's getting fired. No way. Not a chance. He was almost coach of the year with what he was doing with Minnesota. He almost had them in the playoffs. Yeah. Without Kirk Cousins, with Joshua Dobbs, Nick Mullins, without Justin Jefferson, literally. So to have his name on the list, a little disheartening. Dennis Allen for the Saints, possibly. I don't know. I think he needs a little bit more time. Todd Bowles in Tampa, Maybe, I mean... If they lose this week to Carolina and don't get in, then yes. Yeah, Todd Bowles is probably out. Pete Carroll, I think he's safe. That's another name that is rumored to be maybe one of the candidates. Again, I don't agree with all of them. Pete Carroll, I think, is keeping his job as uh, also very aggressive with the way he chews bubblegum. Mike Vrabel, that's an interesting one. Because Mike Vrabel, I don't think, is going to get fired in Tennessee. I think he's got at least one more year. Let him have a full year with Will Levis, who seems to kind of have a little bit of juice, a little bit of a spark to be an offensive leader on that team. Kind of fits the part as a quarterback. He's big. He's got semi-trucks for biceps, as Binkley once said. And then the other one is Bill Belichick, trade to another team. And take note, NFC South teams, depending on who is in the playoffs. Falcons get in, Arthur Smith keeps his job. Todd Bowles loses. Todd Bowles get in, Arthur Smith loses his job. But Black Monday is very interesting. Sometimes you don't have to wait till Monday. Sometimes you just have to get to Sunday night before the halftime of the Bills-Dolphins game, and you'll get some indication of, like, who will not be reporting to the office on Monday. Yeah, I would say this. I think I think Arthur Smith would be gone. Mm-hmm. I think Dennis Allen can be gone. Yeah. I know you said you want to give him more time. Yeah. I just – I don't think you – I think he's gone. Okay. Um, Derek Carr, obviously, is yeah. – you know, how we feel about that. Washed. Yeah, I, I think Mike Vrabel – is not getting fired. Yeah. I would be intrigued. I would be intrigued to see if he got like, like traded or he left in a sense. Yeah. Say to new England. I always thought, Ooh, new England would be catching his eye a little bit. He seems like the, the guy that would proceed after bill Belichick. Exactly. But bill Belichick's to be traded and bill Belichick's not going to go to Tennessee. Yeah. No, I would think. Right. I think, I think it's funny. We talk about the commanders and we know Revere is going to be gone. Yeah. Who's I, I'm still more intrigued on who is going to replace him. Are they going to give it to the enemy? I don't think so. I know. Because I also saw rumors that the Chargers had the enemy on their short list. 
Well, I don't get what the Chargers are doing. Why is the linebacker coach the interim? Why didn't they give it to Moore? Was my he declined point. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kellen Moore was asked and he declined. Okay. That's how much the Chargers suck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm go- yeah. I, I missed that report. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. Kellen Moore reportedly declined to be the interim head coach. I think the Raiders are finally going to do the smart thing and hire uh, Antonio Pierce they as better. head coach. I think he's they awesome. fumbled it last time with what, Bisaka or Bisaccia? Yeah, right, or and now he's with... The Steelers? I, yeah. I don't know. Sure. He's some up north. Right. Also, when you said uh, the Vikings mm-hmm. uh, head coach. To Kevin me, he's, O'Connell. Right. He's almost like what happened with McDaniels last year with Tua. Yeah. And I know he he's not into the playoffs right now, but he still could get the Vikings into the playoffs. And he's kept him in contention all year without his number one quarterback and his number one wide receiver. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, that is possible Black Monday head coaching departures. But, again, it's all it's all. You know, speculation. Coming up on the other side, it's the best segment of the night. It's the Richard, or not the Richard of the Week. It is the best segment of the night. It is the out of left field question. JT Noah, Dusty Ligon, 610 Sports Radio. Listen after hours.